Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's bonus episode of iCast Fireball, which we call Meet and Geek. My name is Jacob, a.k.a. Lance Thayer, who will be your host for these special episodes where we dive into the geekdom of each of our casts and how we have come to play this game that we all love. Today's cast member in the spotlight is the one who plays Malamara, that half-orc who might chop everybody's head off, or might turn out to be the most BA character that we got. It's Malamara, Mickey! That's me! That is you! How are you doing, Mickey? So good. We just recorded, and it's feeling good. Did. Feeling good. It's a, it was a good episode. It's a good episode. And we won't say anything past that. <laughs> yep. Alrighty. Let's get to you and all about you. Let's have the audience get to know the geekiness of Mickey. Let's do it. Let's dive right in. Yep, we're diving. First question. First question again. And for those who are just tuning in again, for maybe who haven't caught the last Meet and Geek episode, this is where we dive into, like I said in the intro, just how we have developed our geekiness over our lives and how that bleeds into D&D, to Dungeons and Dragons. So we'll have the same basic questions from last time, but obviously with a unique spin because Mickey's got her own story to tell. So the first question is, Mickey, how did you get into Dungeons and Dragons? I got into Dungeons and Dragons because of Thomas, actually. Thomas. Uh, I will say as, a lot of our audience, of <laughs> you're going to find a common trend. Thomas introduced most it's, of us. Thomas's fault. To Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. <laughs> in college, um, my husband and I used to play games with you and your wife and Thomas and his wife a lot. And one day, there was this group that used to play Pathfinder. And Thomas is like, you and your husband should come play Pathfinder with us. And we're like, what's Pathfinder? And so he like sent us a list. He's like, here's the classes. Pick one. And we're like, what, is, what does that mean? I don't... <laughs> Uh, slayer that sounds like a cool thing to slayer. be i guess <laughs> and so i was a human slayer which sounds like i slayed humans but i was a human that was the class slayer you were a human that was a slayer <laughs> who slayed humans occasionally <laughs> who slayed humans occasionally yes and we went over to the browers and we on a saturday and spent like six hours in character creation you know, like you do your first time playing and like rolling all the dice. And I just thought it was so incredible. And we hadn't even like gotten to the game yet. And then we played one, maybe two sessions with those characters. And then life gets in the way and college is, you know, gosh darn it, time consuming. Getting in the way. Yep. And so then I, um, we, we never, we never played it again in college. And then I graduated and I moved to Kansas City for my husband's med school. And I found a group that played Pathfinder there. So then I played like three years of Pathfinder. And then coming back to Thomas wanting to play again with Jake, you and your wife and his wife and me and my husband. We all started a um, Storm King's Thunder campaign online. And that was my first introduction to 5e and the streamline coming from the myriad of options of pathfinder yes yes that's awesome yeah thomas is a very common denominator for most of us for for dungeons and dragons especially ours yeah yeah for sure all right mickey this is really interesting with our history of dungeons and dragons because yes we've had thomas introduce us and you've been a part of as you kind of talked about many different groups and i think i've only had thomas as the dm Mm -hmm. that's something actually i have had one other dm 
That is true. I've had I've had another friend for a little bit of a campaign be a DM, but you've had multiple dungeon masters and game masters. And a question for you, from the player's perspective, is what makes mm -hmm. a good dungeon master? What makes a good game master for Dungeons and Dragons type games? I think somebody that, for me, is really invested in the story just as much as we are as players. Because I find that if the DM is not as invested, or like, you've been to those nights where you're just like, at the tabletop and you're just not feeling it, and we're like, well, that was kind of a crappy game, but that wasn't like anybody's fault, we just weren't as engaged. So I think a DM that's really engaged, and being from, obviously we have theater backgrounds of being able to explain the world and yes. help, help us be able to see it within our mind's eyes and really have a strong sense of what things mm -hmm. look like and what they're trying to explain, I think is really helpful. I also think that great DMs have the ability to know the rules and how the rules mechanically work, mm -hmm. but also have the freedom of I like what you're trying to do. Yes. We're going to let you do that kind of yeah, roles. That, I, yeah. That's that's not the way that that's supposed to work, but I like the flavor of it. And so we're going to, how, how can we make this work within the the world of the mechanics, but the freedom that we feel as players to think outside the box and do crazy things. Yes. I like that you highlighted that just because, I mean, last time we did a meet and geek, it was a Mickey compliment session. I guess it's turning into a little bit of Thomas compliment session. <laughs> Thomas compliment session. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It deserves but, it. But it, it's true because Thomas and, and the other friend that I had be a, be a dungeon master, he did this as well. He did a, they do a good dungeon master, does a good job highlighting especially the unique characteristics of the players and the characters. And I, agree. I, th I think that really shows off a good dungeon master, a good controller of the game to be like, to, to if the person's invested in a backstory to have that come up, if the person really loves these abilities they have to describe them and to help them use them in creative ways. And yes, I 100% agree with you. I think that's a really good insight. Well, to go back complimenting Thomas, yep. he's great at this. And I hope that that's highlighted as people keep listening to the podcast of how great he is at incorporating backstories and incorporating our ideas into his campaign and taking them and running with them and, and expanding them and making them come alive. So it's even sometimes a surprise to us as players, how things kind of eventually roll out. Yes, for sure. For sure. I love it. All right, let's move on to our, our next kind of focus, which is even with our love of Dungeons and Dragons, we have a lot of interests outside, a lot of geeky interests outside of it. So what other interests and hobbies in the realm of geekdom do you have that kind of, that, you just love in addition to what we do on the podcast. I'm what I call a closeted geek. Not that I keep my geekiness inside, but I, I found that not everybody is a geek. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes hard for me. And so I keep it inside until I'm like, oh, I like trust you enough. Or like, I know that you're not going to run away from me if I like expose <laughs> a little bit of my geekiness. Because I'm really into like... I grew up as a Trekkie. My dad's a big Trekkie. And, you know, watching Star Wars, me and my brother always had the plastic lightsabers and the robes. And, like, oh boy. I have a varied, like, taste of shows. I, like, watch The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and She-Ra, Princess of Power at the same time on Netflix. At the same and time. <laughs> at the same, like, one screen and the Going other screen on. at the same time. But, um, and I'm, I, I like anime. And so I feel like... I mean, big Potterhead, go Gryffindor. And so I think that I just really like the realm of geekdom. 
especially things that I can watch in a, and, and be in the fantasy world. I'm a big Brandon Sanderson fan of his books. And so I like to keep that inside until somebody's like, oh, I like Doctor Who. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> well, it just so happens that I'm also a fan of Doctor Who. And then I just like let really? the floodgates well, go. Yeah. What do you think of the war, Doctor? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> gotcha. My husband and I are, are, I call it subtle geek chic. Mm. That we have, like, we have a TARDIS blanket and uh, the plaque on the front of the TARDIS, the call for the police help, mm. is on our door, but it's just the plaque. And oh. so it's one of those that, like, if you, you know. don't know what it is, it's just, like, an art piece. But if you know, you, you see the people that are like, is that a... And you're like, okay, perfect. We can... We're well, let's tune. talk about this. We're, we're, we're in the same geekdom. I just imagined your house has all these kind of geek tributes of posters and pictures and decorations but like they can flip <laughs> so they, yeah. flip, <laughs> they, they flip, flip to regular the decor other like art. but as soon but you leave one out to see if someone catches it and if they do boom everything boom goes. they like you press a button and they all flip around <laughs> yes exactly that's the dream that's oh, the dream boy. here here's here's, an, here's a very this is totally not planned but i i've always had this question with, with yeah, yeah. and a, in okay you said because you shouted out gryffindor which I do. the mm-hmm. in Harry Potter the the um, what is it the the mascot or the animal of Gryffindor is a mm-hmm. griffin. Question: mm-hmm. Does a griffin roar or caw like an eagle? Because it has a dragon head, but it has wings of like almost a giant eagle. What's that sound that comes out? I'm gonna go with a lion roar. It is it is the more kind of intimidating. You don't want like a huge beast like growling at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I'm, I'm like, I like try to look up Griffin picture because I was like, what, what does it, this look like? And it, because it does have the head of the lion. a bird. But no, 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 it has, a, a, so the symbol of Gryffindor is a lion, but the idea behind Gryffindor is a griffin, mm-hmm. which has the head of an eagle and the backside of a lion. And I guess a, an eagle... Caw yes, would right. be quite intimidating. Hmm. Hmm. It's always been my question. Just throwing it out there. Audience, tell us on. Poll. Tell, tell us. Do a poll. Tell us tell, when this comes out. We might do a poll on for social media on Instagram and Twitter. So if you yeah. can, contribute in that poll. Look it up. What is the griffin sound? What is the griffin sound? I think, I think a griffin, even though it has the head of a bird, roars like a lion. Interesting. That's my final answer. Interesting. That's... That'd be a very, oh, that'd be just That's a, a good weird question. paradox coming out. All right. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I just had that question. So, no, I like it. So adding on, though, to this kind of theme that we're going into is how do those different loves of all the different things of geekdom that you pointed out of Harry Potter, of being a Trekkie, but also Star Wars, which is a whole other debate that I do not want to get into because <laughs> we'll alienate half the audience, um, and Doctor Who and anime. How do those things kind of bleed into your approach to Dungeons and Dragons? Have you seen like connections where you're like, oh, this is what I love about these different things, and it and it adds to what you do in this game? Absolutely. Uh, going back to my first character, uh, her name was Navara, and I picked human the, off of the the class list. The reason I focused on Slayer was because. Uh, growing up, one of my favorite animes was Inuyasha, and one of the characters is Songo, and Songo is a demon slayer. And so I literally based this character around this idea of of a demon slayer, and 
has had the the cool weapon and the cool armor that was underneath normal clothes and had a whole thing that was very similar to Songo. And so it was going into a, a f- fantasy that was like my first initial idea. But since then, reading Brandon Sanderson and reading fantasy and liking that world, I think that it absolutely overlaps with you want to do cool things. The the idea of of putting on a persona and trying to make decisions as a character would versus how you would as a person and being able to do cool acrobatic things and thinking outside the box to, to try and do interesting things with the mechanics of D&D. Uh, I think I draw a lot of ideas from fantasy and I try and infuse them into my world, whether or not that is a parent like playing with me <laughs> as much as like my backstories literally... I'm going to go back to my our Storm King's Thunder campaign. Uh, you had talked about, Thomas said, you kind of gave him a kind of a rough outline and had this idea. The memory loss was such a fun mechanic to play with. It was. Like, it was so fun to play Rolling with your character. Rolling the dice to see if they remembered and, yeah, and getting even every, people. Yeah. Guys, everything that Oshin did was, his character's name was Oshin. Like, he literally rolled a d20 to figure out if he remembered things. And he would forget party members and he'd forget encounters and he would also roll to like have a solid memory so he forgot a character but he remembered that he was afraid of them like it was awesome um but that character i played a tabaxi wizard and i literally wrote out her story her backstory as in like fan fiction style and it was over eight pages wow i like i write out everything because it helps me get in the mind of who that character is and what my backstory is trying to be. And then poor Thomas has to read it. Yep, has to read the fan fiction. <laughs> well, I don't know that I sent him that full backstory, oh, okay. but like I've done that even for Malamara of, mm-hmm. of like right before she went on an adventure and she's a warlock and so obviously she has a patron. And so what was that encounter like to talk to the patron for the first time? And for me, I feel like writing it out dialogue wise, I'm hoping that for Thomas it, it gives more of an understanding of what even how Malamara would have interacted with that. And so how do her and her patron actually interact based on the writing that I've done? But yeah, poor Thomas has to read all my... <laughs> the backstory is 100% for me. Like the eight-page backstory yeah. is 100% for me. It's yep. not like I refer back to it. I just like needed to write it down because I'm like, oh, that was interesting. And I guess I'll do this now because of this thing that I discovered while I was writing. It's so so interesting well that leads i mean that kind of just segues into a perfect kind of connection we've talked about it a little bit but like the last kind of thing i wanted to touch on for our meet and geek was your character malamara now we're not giving anything away with the unfortunately mm-hmm. if you want more backstory stuff that that's not for these maybe there's future obviously throughout the story we're going to learn more about each character's backstory um and other things possibly in the future but but for this i i i really wanted to focus on why did you pick the the half-orc warlock who also might merge into other things mm-hmm. what, like what inspired you with some of this character mm-hmm. of Malamara to be totally honest I really love using Pinterest I'm I, I think I'm just a visual person and so I like to look through drawings and things on Pinterest and that's how I kind of create characters or I have an idea for a character and so I 
oh, I like this from this person, or that person has a cool sword, maybe I'll do a, a great sword for this kind of character. And for Malamara specifically, I found an image of um, a Mongolian eagle hunter. Mm. Have you ever seen those guys? Like, yes. packed in the furs, and they use their golden eagles to help them hunt. And, like, I watched a whole documentary about it because I was, like, so inspired by it because I thought it was such a cool idea. So I started looking at classes. What could I do with that? And obviously the first idea is like a ranger because they have an animal companion. Exactly, yeah. And I, through writing and through looking at pictures and stuff and and my own experiences with listening to other actual play podcasts and things, I realized that I also wanted this, if my eagle was going to help me hunt, maybe it could also be a spy or, you know, something similar to that. And an animal companion is not good for that. Because if they die, they're dead. And so I didn't want an animal companion. So I was like, okay, what can I do with like a find familiar? What can have a find familiar? And I didn't really want to play a wizard again because we'd just done that in our other campaign. And so reading through the warlocks, I was like, oh, this might be an interesting idea. I can take the find familiar thing and have a familiar, but I can also be kind of a tank, a melee fighter. Because as we were talking, you wanted to be a rogue Mm -hmm. and Ned was thinking this druid. And so that's magic and sneaky kind of, rogues are usually ranged and so I was like okay let's how can I make a melee fighter kind of out of this idea and so I I struggled a lot between a warlock and a barbarian because the barbarians can take eagle feats and different things so I kind of landed on well let's try a warlock because it has a little bit of magic and a little bit of melee for that diversity yeah and when my find familiar dies it it won't be a sad thing. There you go. Yeah, you just get some <laughs> just more incense and you get it all back. And resummon them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it started with this image of a, a Mongolian eagle hunter. Interesting. And then everything from her backstory, everything flooded down from that. Her race, however, is a part of the backstory that you'll have to keep listening to the story to find out why that came about. Yes, the more the more little tidbits that have come up are very interesting. It'll be really intriguing to see how our Dungeon Master Thomas melds them and, and possible side quests in the future. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by Malamara. She's interesting. So with you talking about your character and what you've brought into it and, and what inspired you with it, the real last thing I want to touch on is so far this campaign has been so fun for us players. Hopefully for the listeners, it's been fun for you too. As we get more and more of you involved, we, we, we just love to hear from y'all. Mm-hmm. The last thing I wanted to focus on, though, is what, Mickey, are you loving about this campaign so far? That's a great question. Um, I really... I was unprepared for this question. That was a really good question. Bam! Because there, there's, like, there's so much that I do love about it. And um... that's where we'll pick it up next time. <laughs> <laughs> And delete the whole episode. She didn't have an answer. Part just... two. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need a part two. We need a part two of Meet and Geek. I, twofold. I think the Dungeons and Dragons aspect of it, I just really love playing Dungeons and Dragons. I really love getting together to play, um, especially with, like we've mentioned before, our theater background. I love being with creative people. And I find that creative people are usually drawn to this kind of game because it is all imaginary. It's all storytelling. That's how I explain Dungeons and Dragons to people is you have the dungeon master who is essentially what I would call a narrator and they're telling a story. 
And then we as players are characters within that story. So then we get to make decisions and we make ideas and we are telling our own story that the dungeon master or narrator then has to react to. So it's really, our campaign has four players. So it's four people telling a story collaboratively. And I just think that is so special. And I know that that's not the way that I think everybody thinks about Dungeons and Dragons, but to me, that's what I've always really latched onto is this idea of collaborative storytelling in an imaginary way just feels very theater to me. And I, I really enjoy that. So I like having a podcast and I like having consistent friends and players to, to come, you know, however often we record to come together and to play the game. And then within the campaign, I really love that I don't ever feel like I know what's going to happen next. We just, the, Thomas is so good at, at twists and turns and um, you and Ned are so creative to play with. So that you never even know what characters are going to do. And all of a sudden, Fleeple's emolting somebody and you're like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, that was, Let's that just happened. That's great. <laughs> yep. And Lance is throwing out puns and it just, <laughs> it's fun to see it's fun to interact with characters that you don't know what's going to do because that's very much the way that we are in real life. Like, no. you don't always know what the next person is going to say. And I love the dice roll aspect to it. Going back to the storytelling that if you're reading a book and the knight comes up with his sword and he goes to chop off the dragon's head, you know he's going to mm -hmm. because that's how a climax works. Yep. But in Dungeons and Dragons, it's left to a dice roll. So you might go up and you might try to do it. And you miss, and then you get fried by the dragon. You chop off your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love that unpredictability and the, the improvisation aspect to it. And so I love that Thomas has a really defined world, but we're also very free to play with play within it. And I think that the characters that we've all chosen are very interesting in their interactions with each other and figuring out had a vibe together and I've just really enjoyed playing as these characters in this world. For sure. Well, it's it's a privilege to play alongside you, I will say, and everything that you bring to Malamara and just the 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 grittiness and the matter of factness that she has, but also with so much that's going on behind the scenes that we are going to be able to dive into more get to. as we continue the story. So thank you, Mickey. Thank you for, for sitting down and, and talking about why you love this game and just your overall geekiness that is now out in the open for everyone. Out to see. there for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we will wrap up this episode of our Meet and Geek with Mickey. We'd like to thank everyone so much for listening to this special episode of iCast Fireball the meet and geek we hope that you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed talking about it and getting into just about ourselves and why we came to this game for wherever you get your podcast from please leave us a review it really helps to boost our ratings to get it out there to be seen more and to get into other people's feeds so that they can come across this this game and hopefully they can discover the love that we have for it and hopefully be able to love it as well if you'd like to write something a little bit longer just tell us a little bit more about what you're loving about this you can email us at icastfireball2020 2020 at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you and we're hoping to get the word out there tell your friends tell everybody about it because we want to set this podcast on fire that pun is always going to be there so get used to it all puns intended <laughs> now 
To get the most recent up-to-date content of all that we're doing, please make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the handle iCastFireball20. So I cast Fireball 2-0. There you can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, interesting insights from the players or DM, behind-the-scenes shots of us making this world, and even, like this one might have, a poll or a survey to see what the crap does a griffin sound like. Just throwing it out there. We just want to also give a quick shout-out to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, with our resident kobold, the fleeple that everyone loves, with Ned running it. He's taking the term as a game master running kind of mini one-month adventures using the Fate Accelerated Tabletop system and just a really cool feature of totally entering this world through improv. It's amazing. Please go check it out. Again, it is called Improv Tabletop. Lastly, again, please like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers. Until next time, I'm Jacob, the host of Meet and Geek, and we have, not around the table, but on the video chat across from me. I'm Mickey, and I play Malamara. All right, thank you, everybody. Keep the fire going, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>